Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? How the hell are you? We're back. Episode 13, is that what we decided? 12? 12. 12. Episode 12. 12. Um, got the group back finally. I know it's been two or three weeks since we put an episode out. We apologize for that. Uh, we've had a lot of things going on. Uh, Jake's been moving into a new house. Uh, I've been traveling a bunch. Vince has been sick. Uh, it's just been a hell of a two or three weeks, but... That being said, we're back. We're going to get you guys a full recap today of the of the Open Championship. I like to call it the British Open. Jake will correct me, but the, the, the Open, Open Championship. championship. Um, and then uh, next week we'll be back uh, kind of on our regular schedule. We'll be talking about all things from the WGC that's being played this week and a couple key things that we've missed maybe over the last two weeks uh, getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, with that, who we got here with me today? What's up, everybody? It's Jake. Back around. Uh, Vince is here. Going to stay pretty quiet. Trying to save the voice for tomorrow. Too many hot dogs. Happens <laughs> 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 to the best of us. No, that's okay. Yeah, so, uh, guys, it's been a while, actually, since all three of us have been together. Um, yeah, for sure. We've played a lot of great great golf. Um, excited to talk a little bit about that. Um why don't we go ahead before we talk about the Open Championship, Jake? You had like uh, kind of a surprise out of the out of the whim round today with a few few good players. It sounded like let's hear some about it, about it. Yeah, so um, I haven't really been playing as much because I've been I've been you know moving into the house and stuff like that, and um, kind of get a call out of the blue a couple days ago saying, hey, like I might be able to get us out to play this place called Conquer Country Club. It's in it's in Pennsylvania, but it's like almost in Delaware. Um, Cause the, my, my buddy's playing the Delaware state open and he's like, we can get on there for cheap fee, practice round, whatever. Wait, so, so is, is uh, I don't mean to interject here. Is Adam, yeah. is Adam live in Delaware? Is that why he's playing the state open or can you just qualify for wherever you live? You can just qualify for it. And kind of where you live. I think he qualified through some like gap qualifier or something like that. Um, so, He's, you know, he's going to be doing this Delaware State Open, and he asked me to go play, and I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll go check this place out. So first of all, we get there. This place is sick. It's a, it's a William Flynn design from like the late 20s. Um, it's built into the side of this hill, like it's really between two hills. It's like a kind of a rolling hill situation, um, and uh, yeah, it's just really dope. So. We hit a couple of balls and, and um, we're getting ready to go to the tee. And the guy goes, oh, I'm going to pair you up with this guy, Jordan. We're like, all right, whatever. So we get paired up with Jordan. Come to find out that Jordan's also playing a practice round. Jordan was the guy that was on the range that I was like semi-talking shit on because he had his fucking track man on the range. Okay. So we get to the range and there's like everybody's hitting balls. And this one dude has a fucking track man out there on like a whatever today is, what to say, Thursday. So he's hitting he's hitting balls at track man. We get we get on the first tee. This dude absolutely mashes one. It had to be like 310. I was like, okay, I guess track man is like, you know, good to go for him or whatever. Um and then like there's just so many things that happened today. This guy's a mini tour player, is what I find out. But there were so many little things that happened, like 
So he has his track man on the range, and Adam and I are like, what the fuck is that? Next thing you know, we're on the first green, and he's got like a, a pretty pretty tight putt. So like I putt, and then Adam putts. This other guy they were playing with who's really cool, Lance, he putts, and then Jordan putts. We're like kind of like walking off the green, like we all tapped in, and, and we're not taking it too serious because these guys are like putting to different spots on the green. All of a sudden, I turn around, and this, this dude has pulled out a level like right from like Home Depot and is measuring the slope on the greens with a level. This was like a whole new, this was like a whole new level that I was witnessing by watching this guy. Um, are they, greens with are they playing for money? Dude, I don't think so. That's what's crazy. So uh, I won't, I won't spend a ton more time, but basically I'll say like, I asked this guy a couple questions because I just wanted to know more. First of all, I'm looking in his bag. It's it's got to be 10k. It's all like Circle T, Scotty Cameron putter, you know, Tour issue, SST pured shaft. Like everything is like top of the line, right? He's got out like a um, like a massager. Like we're waiting between like groups because it was really slow out there. He's like running a massager across his like shoulder. It's like, what the fuck is happening? I feel like this is um, Vince's spirit animal. This, I, you know, it might be Vince's spirit animal. This guy's, this guy's an equipment junkie with all the tech. That's basically what we're getting. So I watch him do all this stuff. The la- hey, this is the last thing I'll give you. We're at the turn. He goes to the halfway house, and he, he asks for a bottled water. And the girl's getting him a bottled water, and he goes, oh, before you get that out, what brand is it? And she says, Deer Park. And he goes... Oh, okay. Because if it was Poland Spring, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken it. I was like, "Oh <laughs> like my the same fucking, fucking water. god, bro!" Well, it's just bottled water. Like, I don't care what. But bottom line is, this, it, actually, we had a really good time, the four of us. And the course, like I said, the course was sick, and I played so good. I made triple on the last to shoot eighty. So I was, I was hitting it pretty good. Um, the course looked pretty awesome. Looked like it was manicured, course, like oh perfectly. Yeah, it was manicured really good. It had some crazy holes. It had this, like, one hole was a, a long par four with, like, a split fairway. Um, but it ran hard right to left. So, the, and the split was, like, more towards the left. So, like, if you didn't hit the right side of it, it was just going to run you into this hazard that split the two fairways. It was very, very... I, I, if I could ever get back out there again, I would go play. Because it was uh, quietly one of the best courses I've ever played. What was the um, name of it, Jake? Concord Country Club. Okay. Yeah. It had, 54th see, Delaware Open. Look at this. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. There you go. Let's see. Are they playing for money? Because I know in the Texas State Open, they play like first place is like ten thousand bucks. It's not that much. If they're playing for money, it's a little bit of money. It's not. It's not real money. So there's a, yeah. There's a cut after thirty six. After let's see. Oh, cut after eighteen holes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Day, day two is thirty six. Wow. <laughs> It's incredible. Okay. Well, Adam played pretty good today, and he was like, um, I guess he looked up like the previous winner. So like last year, the the guy who won uh, shot like nineteen under. I was like, oh dude, if if you got to shoot nineteen under to be like in this thing, like I'm <laughs> sorry, but you're not in this thing. Like that's pretty fucking serious across thirty six holes. That's pretty wild. Well, I mean, yeah. good luck to Adam. Hopefully, Mr. PXG gets it done. That'd be pretty cool. At least just that would make be the cut. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> cool. So, 
that's an exciting day. Much more exciting than Vince or I had. Um, so let's jump in the, the, to the Open Championship. I'm going to call it the British at least three times today. I know it. It's coming. You're doing a good uh, job so far. So, so the Open Championship, uh, as we've said in all the other majors, if you live under a rock, was played last week. It's uh, the first championship that was ever started major. Uh, it was competed at Royal Port Rush, which is in Ireland. Second time in 148 uh, playings of the Open Championship that it's been in Ireland. So a uh, huge deal. And I know that uh, just from watching it, as well as kind of hearing from the announcers and everybody that's talked about the course since the tournament, said it was absolutely awesome. Uh, the atmosphere was great. And uh, I know that they're trying to get it back there like two or three more times in the next uh, 10 or so years. One of the things I saw, though, that I think is really cool that the, that the Open does, the RNA, is uh, they only schedule out their majors like three years in advance. So, like, they can see, okay, well, we did a great job at Royal Port Rush. We're going to move it back there in four years or so. Whereas, like, the USGA or the PGA, they schedule out like 10 years in advance. So, it's like, okay, we're playing at Pebble twice now in the next – 10 years and we're not, we're going to maybe get one new course, but like they at least leave it up the RNA does to where, you know, if someone, if a really, really good course comes around, they can add that to the rotation. Uh, whereas it's not as easy to do, um, you know, in the, in the U S. Right. Um, so a couple of big storylines. This is, uh, not only Graham McDowell's home course, but it's also Rory McIlroy grew up there. Uh, there was a couple other Irish guys playing Shane Lowry, who, you know, went on to win it is from three hours down the road, Padraig Harrington, a uh, few other guys. So, uh, great storylines. Uh, we'll start with tiger was complete <laughs> dog shit. Uh, actually really, really pissed me off this weekend. Um, like if you're just not going to take that seriously because it's raining and he's never been a great bad weather player. Everybody knows that, but like it's the British. It's going to be like that every year. You've won three of them now. Just don't even play that week, man. Like, save yourself up. Go play in the in the WGC this week. I mean, I, I lost a little bit of love for Tiger this past weekend just for how bad it was. And after, he was like, oh, I just want to go home and sit on my couch. I'm like, dude, you've been sitting on your couch for a month now. You haven't played between majors. Like, what the – get your shit together. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I got to agree to some degree, I guess. I think what you said, cause, I mean, obviously we haven't done a pod, but like we've been talking a lot about this because the Open was, I mean, it was sick. Port Rush was great. To have an Irish winner was great. Uh, that style of golf is just the best. But when, when it comes to Tiger, you know, Doug, you said it the best. You cannot not play and then go go play a major it just can't happen like you can't win it you can't get in it um and it showed right like his opening round was obviously horrible and then friday he played like okay if he would have had two okay rounds like he makes the cut and you know nobody says anything but because he comes in so rusty it's like it seems like he barely picked up a club um you know it's a problem and, and it might be at this point that that's his career you know, that's what it is. He can only summon it certain times of the year, you know? I mean, I think, I, God, I mean, I was just so frustrated. At, at, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, all right, unless he, you know, he had a magical run at Bell Reef last year where he almost took down Brooks. 
like unless he just has like a magical week where he puts four really good rounds together, I think the Masters is the only major he can win going forward. Uh, because he, he, we know he's going to play a couple events right before that, uh, just because they're like some of his favorites. It looks like he's never going to play again between majors, which is means he's he's dead. He's he's running bad, and yeah, I, I don't know. It just shit drives me insane. It's like, dude, just either hang it up or at least try to play a couple tournaments. Uh, you know, between majors, play one. I mean, you got to do something. I agree. You can't just sit at home and be like, oh well. I'm playing competitive rounds with Rory and Ricky in Florida. Like, dude, that's that's not the same thing. You're playing for a couple thousand bucks there. You're playing for a major against the best competition in the world in the hardest conditions in in Ireland. This isn't at a home in Florida in 80 degree weather, and you're and you're only playing like six seven holes a day. I mean, yeah, whatever. I'm out on Tiger right now. I'm so out. <laughs> Vince, you got any the first time this year? No, it's just, it's so tough not to show face at an event that you've won three times. Like, just the, the, your representation is part of that event, you know? Right. And knowing that he didn't play, like, everybody knew he wasn't playing, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's like, you you have a green jacket, you gotta go, you know? I think Tiger's, Tiger's gonna be playing that till he's dead. Well, yeah, what do they get? To, they get an exemption there until they're 60. But, I mean, I forget where I was. I, I feel like a lot of people have said this, so I don't want to just say, like, I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. I definitely was reading an article. But the point has been made that, like, if Tiger doesn't play a major in, in warmer conditions, like, he can't play because clearly his body, like, doesn't respond really well to colder temps, which is – understandable and totally fine right like i totally get it like the dude's beat up and it makes you know it tough to get his body warmed up and to play at its peak but truthfully there kind of is only one warm weather major you know the with with where things have been moved in the schedule which i mean major season is over which is like feels crazy to me but like you know the masters generally the temps are fairly warm the player or the, the sorry the PGA being moved um, up, you get depending on what the location is, you're going to get some mixed uh, weather, which we expanded on in the PGA podcast, and even the U.S. Open, depending on uh, location, not necessarily time, you know, you're going to get some iffy weather, and then obviously when you go abroad to the Open, it's it's generally pretty chilly. So if that's part of it too, if Tiger truly can't get loosened up, if his back is really bad when it's cold there's kind of only one major and it's the one where you know guys that are in their 50s close to their 60s seem to contend because it's about experience and knowledge more than it is about just smashing it around um you know in some ways maybe that's all he has now is to try to rack up more masters if he can i don't know i thought that he had a, a chance in the open i really really did i even said it before i think it's a place where he can always play well, but if he's not going to play, if he's not going to prep, he can't do it. I mean, I can, I can only imagine how he feels, you know, having a spine fusion surgery, you know, from my own knowledge of just having my knee repaired and having like some mm-hmm. permanent, very small pieces of material in my knee. It feels like shit when it's 40 degrees outside. So imagine just having like all the material on your back. And trying to play, yeah. just 
I, I'm sure it's way worse than anybody thinks when he's not. I, I totally agree with you there. Right, I'm done talking about Tiger. Um, okay, so some other good storylines, uh, or I guess not so good actually, but uh, Rory, hometown guy, big favorite there. Um, <laughs> starts out uh, playing the first goal. Got a huge, huge roar for him. Hits, pulls an iron. It's really not that tough a hole. I mean, all those guys were hitting iron off number one. I don't know what he hit, four or five iron, hits a dead pull, and hits it OB. And then he drops his ball, then tries to advance it, tries to hit the hero shot, hits it even deeper in the thick stuff, ends up making a quad on the first hole. And then actually showed some life coming back in um, on the on the outward nine and then actually on the inward nine as well until he got to, uh, like the last three holes, he finished uh, double, triple. And shot 79. So I think at that point, most people are like, man, pressure got to him. It's been a really rough uh, day for him at the office. And, and I'm sure, I mean, the pressure playing in front of your home crowd has got to be immense. I'm not even sure what I would do. Um, and then actually comes back on day two and shot 65. Uh, had a chance to go really, really low. Uh, needed a birdie on 18 to make the cut. He knew it. Um, and just didn't get it done, but uh, got a standing ovation as he walked on the 18th green. I thought that was really cool. He, uh, you know, showed some true grit and true character. Could have folded it in. I mean, he shot 79 day one to be able to try and make the cut. He knew he was going to have to hit a low number. And to be able to do that in conditions over there, I know it was a little bit more of a tame weather day on Friday, but crazy that he shot 65 to miss the cut by one. Um, but uh, just to, you know, a, a weird storyline there uh, for a lot of people that thought he was going to be one of the front runners to, to miss the cut. Uh, Jake, you think it was more pressure that got to him or you think just, uh, you know, he hit some bad shots and made some bad decisions in certain places and, and that came back to bite him in the ass? I think, um, I think I said it to you, like when we were chatting about the open via text, it's, it's hard to play a home game in golf. You know, there's a lot of expectations there's a lot of um, obligations. There's a lot of eyes on you. And the fact is, you know, you said that that, that first hole is really not that tough. Look, a, a bunch of guys pumped one out of bounds there. Like, right. that, hole was, that hole was fairly tight. And it's just, it feels a lot like whatever Rory's been going through for the last five years or whatever. It feels like that hole is like a microcosm of it, right? Like, everybody goes, all right, it's going to happen. Like, He's going to break out of the slump. He's going to win another one. He's going to, you know, start dominating, whatever it might be. And he always like shows you a glimpse of it. And then it's kind of go, it kind of goes away abruptly. That's, I think the saddest thing about whatever is going on with Rory's sort of drought, you know, is that everything happens so abruptly. And for this to happen, you know, in such a way in front of his home fans, I mean, that interview he gave after shooting 65 on Friday, like, to me, that was like one of the coolest things I'd ever seen because I yeah. like that I feel like Rory is not a robot. Like, I feel like Rory is the realest motherfucker out there, and I like that. You know, it's like Brooks is real in a different way, but I feel like like Rory is someone I can commiserate with. Like, the stuff that he's going through and his ability to, like, sort of wear it on his sleeve is – it's awesome. Like, it's so enjoyable to me as a viewer – 
to see someone who I like can uh, connect with as a human being. And, and so in the end, it's not good that he missed the cut. I think that's really tough on him and really unfortunate for golf. But I think the stuff that came from it, it shows that it's, you know, it just happened and he's still one of the best. And he knows that, you know, there's only good things to come, which I think is important perspective for him to have. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think uh, watching his press conference afterwards kind of gave me chills. Like he was so emotional. I thought he was going to cry yeah. maybe because he, he felt like he just let everybody down where, I mean, that's just a tough position to be in. Everybody supported him. Um, and, and hopefully he gets another chance to, uh, you know, win one in his home country before he kind of moves out of his prime. Um, sure. But before we move into talking about some of the weekend rounds, I, as I'm looking at uh, Rory's score here, I, I realized there was a lot of really, really good players that just missed the cut. So uh, the, the cut ended up being plus one. Uh, Jason Day shot plus two, missed the cut by one. Uh, Vinny's boy, Abraham Answer, missed it by one. Uh, uh, Rory, as we said, uh, my boy, Ches Reevy. And then... <laughs> uh, potty playing in front of his home crowd missed it by two and actually i was listening to the radio this morning uh coming back in from from midland and i saw darren clark who's an who's an irishman as well northern ireland like rory needed a bogey to make the cut on the number had so he had a one-shot cushion on 18 going into the final hole and made triple (laughs) and missed the cut by two so really, really brutal from there to, to where he knew he had a one shot cushion, made a triple. Uh, so I feel bad for Darren Clark, big DC fan. Um, and then we moved into the weekend. So uh, a lot of storylines. Um, <clears throat> Shane Lowry was right around the lead home Irish guy. Tommy Fleetwood was also there as well. English guy. Uh, so a lot of people there supporting him. Uh, Finau was in the mix, who seems like he's just inching away, inching closer to winning a, a major. Uh, Brooks Kapka, big game hunter, Jake's boy, Vinny's boy, uh, in the mix. So it was like three or four back going into the weekend. Everybody's like, ah, oh, here we go again. Uh, and then Lee Westwood, kind of a guy who everybody I think loves. I don't know anybody that doesn't love Lee Westwood. Uh, has won like 50 times on tour or something crazy between the European and the PGA and never won a major. He's finished in the top five, you know, a dozen times. Uh, and he was in the mix. He was uh, tied fifth going into Saturday's round. So uh, a lot of really, really good uh, players there. Uh, the weather was decent on Saturday and it showed. Uh, Shane Lowry yeah. shot 63 uh, to kind of assert his uh, dominance. He had, uh, you know, a multiple shot lead cushion going into Sunday um, with some really, really good players behind him again. And I think for me, I like Shane Lowry. He's a great guy. I would love to party with him because he definitely uh, has a couple cocktails. He's one of those guys I feel like leaves his morning round when he gets done at noon and goes to the bar and has a burger and a beer. So, like, one of those guys that I would love to hang out with. Um, but personally, I thought, hey, you know, there's a lot of talent behind him. The weather's not looking very good for tomorrow. I thought he was going to blow up, uh, but he didn't. He played really well. He shot uh, a one over par on Sunday, which it was like a bloodbath out there. I mean, I know Vinny's going to talk about one of them here in a second. 
but complete disaster. There was like a bunch of 79, some eighties. Uh, like I think Rosie shot 79 and he's the you know number one, number two player in the world right now. Uh, so it just was not easy. It lo- it was like raining sideways on them. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody saw this, but Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, on the last hole, hit his shot and then ran to the green to put it in because he just said it was miserable and wanted to get his round in. So, uh, yeah, it was just a disaster. And I know, Vinny, you want to talk about one in speci- one specifically who had a nice little round there on Sunday. Who's that? Remind me. Your boy, JB. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not my boy. Um, but you've got to love uh, what the pace of the game could do to somebody who's, who's very mentally strong. Right, I think uh, I mean, Brooks was I'm so upset that he had to sit there and kind of watch golf played that way, because he's one of the, he's one of the quicker players on tour. We all we know that, but the effect that playing with somebody like like that can have on you mentally is just rough, and we we even feel it as amateurs, right? You get paired up with some people who are just dreadful. Um, or you play with a buddy who, yep. who who reads and asks for a tip on every shot. There's just certain things that just really affect the pace of the game. It, it extends all the way, even further, um, you know, than than what it is with us. It's terrible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Doug. I'll just no, no, no. All you, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, Vince. Vince stumbled upon the the JD thing is disgusting. All right, I. I Pace plays a problem. It needs to be addressed. We've said, we've all talked about this. I, I don't know what is more apparent than having the game's best player clearly affected by how slow his playing partner is playing in a major, right? This guy has been nails in every major. And then suddenly he's out there like, you know, bogeying four of his first five and like hitting greens and making bogeys. Like, he was striping it for a good chunk of Sunday and having to wait for JB to like plumb bob his ass off out there. And I don't, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like the pace of play thing is a problem. If tours don't start penalizing players for playing too slow, it's never going to go away. The only way to ever deal with it is to penalize players right there in the moment. And until it happens, you're going to have to keep dealing with it. But JD got what he deserved. He got straight up fucking exposed, which is good. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a complete disaster, and I felt really bad for Brooks. Um, I don't really like JB that much. I never really have. Um, and he plays so slow. It's kind of like Sergio when Sergio was starting out. Now Sergio is a much faster player, but uh, yeah, he he. Oh my god! I mean, it was so hard to watch, and I felt really bad for Brooks. There was a couple times. And I know they showed this was Brooks had already putted and finished and he turned around on the edge of the green, walking to the other hole and JB like put his mark down behind the ball, lined it up and then like remarked it and then walked around the hole again. And Brooks was like over there with his hand in his face, like what the fuck is going on? This is ridiculous. Um, And and I agree. I mean, we've talked about a lot. We don't want to talk about it too much more on here, but the, the pace of play thing is a joke. And, and, Brooks called him out afterwards. It was great um, in the press conference. I, I highly recommend everybody go read the presser because, I mean, Brooks says what's on his mind, and it was it was a disaster. But, uh, yeah, JB got what he deserved. Um, and 
all in all, what what did you guys think about the tournament? I mean, I know we said kind of from an event standpoint, the the course itself looked amazing. Uh, what did you guys think of the the overall tournament and and about Shane Lowry coming out on top? Um, I mean, great tournament, great venue. Like they're obviously going to add this to the Rota, which like you, you made a good point earlier, Doug. Like. Not scheduling that far out allows them to slip this in like every five years if they decide to. And I think that's great because clearly Portrush was like a really good test and the Irish fans filled that place up. I mean, that place was fucking packed, which is cool. Um, I think the thing to say about Shane Lowry is simple. The guy was like absolute nails in the toughest spots. You know, Friday, his game got really squirrely on the back nine and all he did was get up and down from like everywhere. Then Saturday, obviously, conditions were a little benign, and he went off. But then Sunday, I mean, if, if he doesn't make that putt on one, and Tommy Fleetwood does make his birdie putt, you basically started the day with, what was it, a four-shot cushion, and it's erased. You're, you're up yep. one, after one. And so I, I thought that that was huge. You know, uh, Lowry just, he never faltered. And I think a lot of the guys didn't play as aggressively around the greens as Lowry did. I thought Lowry um, took a lot of chances with bumping things into slopes, trying to spin it in certain spots, hitting low shots and hoping that they were going to kind of like trundle onto things. And um, yeah, it showed, it showed. I think there was, it was just, it was awesome. You know, there were some things to take away. I think, I definitely think Fleetwood is going to win one of these things. Yeah, absolutely. which I think is great because he's clearly like a premier ball striker. Um, and I think that Tony Finau, like we've talked a lot about how he seems to start putting himself, he's been putting himself in position to win a big tournament. And I think that you're starting to see kind of like the Brooks effect happen to other players. Like I would say that Finau hasn't had a great season, but like he could have potentially won the masters. He could have potentially won the open and he made cuts in all four majors. So, like, how is that not a good year? You know what I mean? I think I think it was a great uh, a great way to end the year. A great major, uh, a deserving winner, and a great venue. Um, yeah, what do you think, Vince? I agree. Yeah, it just I love that style of golf. I just I think that it may be pretty easy if the weather were the way it is. Um, oh yeah. Do you so, think that you guys could have shot better than David Duval did in his first round in 91, even under perfect conditions? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I highly doubt it. But probably not. Yeah, I can't, I'm really looking forward to uh, to making a trip over there, though. Every time I watch these golf, I'm like, God, I, I need to go over there. I, I want the rain. I want the wind. I, want, I just want to get completely demoralized by one of these courses and, and, and really enjoy it. Well, um, you know, for, for our listeners out there real quick, we, we teased an interview with uh, a couple of my buddies who um, went to Ireland on a golf trip. And we did get that interview, but we've had like some issues with the audio. So we're, we're trying to get that like out to you as soon as we can. But um, they kind of said the same thing that you just said, Doug, like they were there and they're like, you know, like bring on the wind, bring on the rain. Yeah. Because I, I think like they, they said like they didn't even care about their scores. They were just having so much fun trying to like survive and that to me is pretty cool you know it's pretty cool when you're like out there and you and your buddies are sitting at the pub after you know you know playing your round right remember remember that 
shot you hit knee high by accident on whatever <laughs> hole and it ended up working out you know it's like it's kind of a cool thing yeah uh, yeah I, i'm really looking forward to it and just to reiterate reiterate a little bit what you're saying about lowry yeah he shot he started with a bogey but then birdied four five and seven to get to two under on the round when everybody was like five six over par so yeah for sure uh he played aggressive um and kind of just like i think gary woodland did in the final round uh at pebble was he stayed aggressive and because of that it paid off for him and uh he ended up winning and yeah, overall, I think it was a great tournament as well. I really enjoyed the British. Um, sad that major season's all the way, already over. Um, crazy that it's been so quick. And now we're like WGC this week. The last PGA event is next week for the regular season. And then we're playoffs already. And then football season. So, like, the, so it's fast. it's coming along. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, uh, we wanted to keep this episode short for everybody. Um, we appreciate you guys being patient with us. Uh, shout out to Surf and Turf Golf. They sent us some swag today. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, really really check cool. them out. Um, what uh, What do we got planned for this weekend? Uh, I know Friday is already coming up. Jake, you you playing some golf? You gonna go caddy for your boy? What's the deal? Well, um, no, I'm not gonna caddy. Not caddying at the uh, the Delaware State Open. Um, but trying to get some stuff done around the house because I'm only a couple weeks away from the club championship, which. Uh, for me, is my my big competitive Solid. golf of the year. When is that? So that is August tenth. So I'm trying to trying to get tuned up. I've been been hitting it really really good. Uh, can't make a goddamn putt to save my life. So trying to you know get get ready to go. Trying to bring home a little crystal to the new house. Still got the still got the putting woes from Bully Rock. Um, it's different putting woes. I I just honest to God, I can't seem to not hit like push the putt. I'm hitting everything just right of where I'm aiming. And uh, it's been like an ongoing fucking clusterfuck. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I like it. Well, uh, Vinny and I are playing tomorrow at Tour 18, which, oh, uh, nice. yeah, so we were going to play. We we're going to play. conditions at Tour 18 going to look like? So Actually, apparently pretty nice. Right? Yeah. That's what we've been told. They're good. We were going to play Golf Club of Houston, but uh, they punched again for the second time in six weeks which i'm not sure is a good thing with uh a pga tour event in like two months two and a half months so yeah so they punched again so we moved our tee time to tour 18 which is uh exciting for Vinny and i will be able to review uh, a new course for everybody on the on the pod so looking forward to that it's uh for those of you that don't know it's supposedly the 18 18 of the best holes in golf um, they've got actually a couple holes that Vinny and I have played before, uh, one from, uh, Doral, which is the blue monster hole. So we're going to, we're going to replay that one. And then they've got, uh, amen corner, uh, for, and then, uh, a couple calls from TPC Sawgrass and some other places. So, uh, Town. yeah, I want to yeah. say most of them are like us open PGA championship, PGA yeah. championship tour championship courses. I think they're all, um, best course yeah it's they like got sure. the uh the par three from the the disney course it's got like the disney bunker yeah they do have that one that's yeah. what i remember yeah yeah they've got like the what is it the church pews from i mean we can wait we can run through it yeah. if you want i'm looking at it right now they got, they got oh. 11 at mary and i'm trying to remember the ones that vince and i played before we got rained i know they got one hole from shinnecock maybe two holes from shinnecock i think one you know some bay hills some shinnecock some harbor town inverness Augusta, I think three holes from Augusta. 
Uh, yeah. One hole from La Costa, TPC Sawgrass, 17 in Sawgrass, obviously. And then uh, Colonial, Pebble, Oakmont, Oak Tree, Shinnecock, Marion, and Doral. Wow. That would be a cool review to hear. Yes, we're playing there tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to play Saturday or Sunday. We're kind of iffy with the rain. Um, and Vinny's got a little bit of a hamstring problem. So we'll see uh, if that holds Lake, up on Lake him. feels good. This terrible. <laughs> the kid is beat up not. right now. <laughs> Get this kid a, a hot dog. Guy needs an ice bath, a hot dog. And a sauna, maybe. Yeah. That's so so that's, uh, that's the plan for the weekend. Um, again, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Please play some golf. Please comment on our Instagram uh, and follow us at the breakfast ball pod. All one word. Uh, there's some great golf actually being played this weekend. WGC is being played at uh, in Memphis, which I know Jake hates that golf course. Um, but there's yeah. also the Avion championship over in France for the women. That course is spectacular. I highly recommend people watching a couple holes of that if they can. Uh, the Barracuda Championships has also been playing kind of the same weekend as WGC, and they play a Stableford, uh, which is a fun format to watch because it's not something they normally play on the PGA Tour. So uh, a lot of a lot of good events. And then I think it's also – it is major week for the senior men. Yep. Um, I can't remember where they're playing this week. So they're I'll, at Lytham this week. Okay, Royal Lytham. So, yeah, a lot of really good golf. Uh, we'll talk all about that next week. Um. Off the top of our head, who do we pick for the WGC? I took Tony Finau. Who'd you guys take? I took, uh, I think I said DJ. Okay, DJ. I took Mr. Horschel. Billy Horschel. Yep. like it. All right, so we'll review all of that next week. Uh, everybody play safe, and Vinny, close it down. All right, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're playing this weekend, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again. Later.